So this weekend marks the one-year anniversary of something that happened in the significant that happened in the life of our church and community. In case you were not part of this community um, at that point or didn't happen to see the news coverage about it, one year ago today, Pastor Ross woke up very early in the morning, which is very normal on a Sunday for him, but he woke up to multiple missed calls from the local police and fire department. Saturday evening, a man that we now know as John Sienna made the choice to set a gasoline-soaked rag on fire and throw it through a hole in the window of our men's bathroom down here that he had actually made prior. Um, And that proceeded to do thousands of dollars of smoke damage and real damage to our men's bathroom, but to our whole building. Um, He also set our cross on fire, which to me was one of the things that felt probably the most violating, but also tragically for our kids in preschool, he burned down one of our playhouses in the play yard that's over here on this side of the building. Um, I know that this is kind of a sober event to remember in the life of our church, but I hope that we can remember it differently one year later. Instead of a fire that caused much damage to our building, gave us all a lot of headaches, um, we had to get the insurance involved. It caused hundreds of hours of man time cleaning soot and the need to throw away many of our supplies because they were no longer safe for use. But instead of remembering it as a time of fear, doubt, hassle, headache, worry, um, and other emotions that come when a crisis hits, I hope that we can reframe this time as a look what God has done time in the life of our church and community. So I'm going to remind you of a few, or kind of help us look back at some of these look at what God has done highlights. Okay, so number one, the insurance money that we received was abundant, and honestly, it helped us redo our basement, um, which is now a usable space for ministries like Treehouse, groups that meet during the week, and for our kids' ministry to use on Sundays. We had news coverage, you guys, that was like the biggest commercial ever for restoration. We could not have paid for that airtime. And also, not just a commercial for restoration, but it was the gospel being proclaimed. It was the message of forgiveness that we have received in Christ. Um, It went out all over this tri-state area. Um, So that was an amazing thing to see happen. It also brought our church together, I think, in unique ways, um, showing us to be flexible in light of a lot of things that had to get shuffled. Um, It caused us to work together in new ways, to clean up, to um, cooperate, to just get along through a hard time. But it showed us that we were that, that we were flexible. We were able to get along and be united in face of tragedy. And it also pushed us outside of our building. Okay, So for, was it three weeks after, we held our services on the front lawn. Um, So, But even better than all of those things to me, Okay, here's an even bigger look at what God has done. Listen to these stories that we received from our Facebook page just this week and another from an email. Okay, so Angela Rose said on our Facebook page this week, my uncle had actually suggested I try this church out the day before the fire. That Sunday I was planning on attending and it actually drove me away. Right, like who wants to come to a church that has a fire going on? So I totally get that, Angela. Um, But she says, but here I am a year later and a regular to this church, and me and my family love it here. Jamie Stein wrote, my son was a student at Little Blessings, and seeing the charred wood chips on the playground where the wooden playhouse used to be made him upset. He asked what we could do, so we held a fundraiser to replace the playhouse. 
Seeing how the restoration family came together and the forgiveness shown to the man who did it is one of the things that drew our family in. That compassion and kindness in the face of something terrible is exactly what this world needs more of. And in July, we made the decision to find the good in the face of the terrible and joined the church. Tracy Marshall wrote, I agree with Jamie. We were kind of new at the time, but seeing how this church held together and showed grace and love was heartwarming. It is what I want my children to see. It showed words in action for my kids. Stephanie Titus wrote, Randy attended Little Blessings, but I was nervous to attend church by myself. My mom called me, her mom lives like right across the street, when she saw the fire and I rushed over. That Sunday was the first service I attended and I've been a regular ever since. Okay, how awesome are these stories, right? This is so good. Here's my final one in an email. Joan writes, it really started with Ross introducing himself to mom. She was touched that a new pastor would take the time to do that. I should say this. These women live directly across the church, from the church right here. Um, so she's writing about her mom, Helen. Helen attended the free sale and made many friends by it, all positive. Then the fire, which truly is what brought us to restoration. My sister Arlene was woken by something that night. She said she could see something bright coming in her bedroom window and called 911. So they are the ones that called 911 for us. She and mom went outside to see restoration on fire. They were so upset to see the church in flames. After the fire, mom and I attend the service outside and were truly touched by how the fire pulled such a small church together. Amazed, church was held outside. The sun was shining so bright. Seriously, it was a gorgeous day just like this. You could feel the presence of God's love as Ross spoke that day, how he prayed for the offender, the man who set the fire, and asked for forgiveness. You could truly feel the presence of our Lord and Savior. I couldn't get over that someone would also burn the cross. I was bitter and angry at first, and then thought, what would Jesus do? He would pray and forgive him, for they know not what they do. It reminded me of when they crucified Jesus. Joan writes, I have lived in Pinewood for 30 years and was never allowed to attend church across the street since it was not my denomination. My family was Catholic, so that eliminated the issue. But she writes this. This is so amazing. Today, after 58 years, I now attend Restoration Church. It is amazing what God can do. A negative, the fire brought us to Restoration Church. When all these years, the desire of my heart was to attend the church right across the street. She says, once a neighbor, now a member. Praise God for what he has done and is going to do. Can we take a minute and praise God, right? Thank you. So look what God has done one year later, more than we could really ever ask or imagine, right? But I will say this. In that time, I personally had a lot of doubt and fear. That man had not been caught yet. We didn't know if that person was still at large and going to try to target us again. I know a lot of the neighbors had their tires slashed. There was a lot of fear going on. Um, and it was for months following. It wasn't just for one week, okay? So I don't want to push aside the emotions of that either. But the book of Psalms helps remind us that we don't need to push aside our feelings. King David wrote most of them, and he was an expert in knowing how to deal with feelings. What we learn in the book of Psalms is that feelings don't need to be pushed aside. They are actually crucial in a relationship with the Lord. We shouldn't bow to our feelings. We shouldn't cave into them, but we should instead bring our feelings to God and trust him with them. So if you find yourself in the middle of plaguing doubt right now or fear or insecurity, I hope that this psalm will help you. Listen as I read from Psalm 13. 
and how David brought his doubts and fears before the Lord. David wrote, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? I'm going to hang out on that how long will my enemy triumph thing for a second here. I just have a question for you, and that would be, what is your enemy today? Maybe your enemy is doubt. Maybe it's sadness. Maybe it's depression. Maybe your enemy is loneliness or hopelessness. Everyone knows what it feels like for that enemy to have control and for it to be looking like that enemy is even having victory. I know that I have had times in my life with wrestling with these things, these same feelings. So if you're there today, know that you're in good company. But look what David goes on to say. He says, look on me and answer, Lord my God. Look how bold he is before the Lord. Some of you may have never talked to God this way. It's okay to talk to him, speak to him in these ways, okay? He says, look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. But then look what David says. He says, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. So what I so appreciate about King David is he has the ability to be honest and real with God. He's not ex- afraid to express his frustration, his doubts, his fears. So again, I just think it's important for us to remember that we can do this with God. We can bring him our loneliness, our doubts, our insecurities, because he's more than capable of hearing us, of meeting us, and of loving us where we're at in all of our junk. But... In the middle of all of these doubts and fears, David moves to praising God. And I have to say one thing. You know, some of you, um, I've heard a lot recently, which is great, but it's like restoration is weird. It's just different. I've never, like, been to a church like this before. So, yeah, we do sing here at Restoration. And I realize it's not really a normal thing to do. If you really think about it, like, how many times do you go somewhere and you stand shoulder to shoulder, maybe with strangers, and sing? That's kind of weird, right? But we do do that here, and this is why we do it. Because praise reminds us who God is in the middle of doubts and fears. And singing is powerful. Music is powerful. So that's why we do music and singing here at Restoration. Because it has a powerful way of reminding us the truth of who God is. Okay, so this morning we're going to sing... And if that's uncomfortable for you, you can listen. It's okay. But we're going to sing songs that declare the truth about who God is in the middle of doubt, in the middle of fear, in the middle of worry. Um, Some of these songs are ones that we sang right after the fire happened. So they should be familiar to a lot of you. But we're going to sing and we're going to press into the truth of who God is. But let's just take a minute. I want you to think about what your doubt is right now, what your fears are where you're feeling hopelessness, maybe where you're feeling loneliness, and invite God to meet you in those places this morning.